You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. All right, good morning and a good day. Welcome to Morning Breath. This is a drive time or not so drive time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. We want to get in the Word of God together, and so we do that in a variety of ways. Uh, look at a chapter together, see what God breathes on, and then talk about what God what God has spoken to us and its devotion. We're not going to teach you a lot today. We're going to speak about what God has uh, pointed out to us, maybe in our own lives or in the lives of others around us, things that we see here that could really help us or help you. And so uh, today I have a, uh, a special co-host with me today, my daughter, Rachel Moore. How are you doing, Rachel? Doing good. So do you want to tell them like a little bit of your story? Like how old are you and what, what's going on in life here? Yeah, I am 17. I'm a senior in high school. Um, I love serving here around the church and the band production, some things behind the scenes, things like that. But Yeah, so today she's behind a microphone over there across <laughs> the table a few feet away, and we're going to open up the Word of God together. To be honest, this is not something that we uh, – you know, do regularly, um, not even like on the home front. We don't sit around, um, contrary to what maybe people think about pastors and their families, we don't sit around and just like talk about the Word of God every day and like look at Scripture and read it and do all these things together. So this is uh, this is fresh and new for us. We also, in the studio here, we have engineer extraordinaire Nick. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Awesome. Thanks for uh, doing all you do over there. Yeah. He's got all sorts of bells and whistles and faders and uh, speakers and microphones and a lot of cables over there. And so thanks for keeping it all in order for us and uh, keeping us in line, too. Uh, appreciate it. So, Rachel, can you tell people how to get on board with the show, what this is all about, how to get connected to where we're at? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing you can do is you can download the East Coast app or go to ECCC, that's three C's, dot U-S for info, events, past sermons, and the Morning Breath episodes. Or you can find East Coast Christian Center on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, etc. Or lastly, you can call 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. And we'll email you or mail you uh, some information about the show and about East Coast. Yeah, right on. And the goal here is for the word of God to speak to you on a regular basis, that you would read the Word, the Word would transform your life and my life, and that sounds, if you're if you're young or new to the Word of God, it sounds like, how does the Word speak to me? How does it, like, how is that even possible? It's words on a page, or it's words on my app or on my device. How could it speak to me? Well, the Spirit of God can speak, wants to speak, wants to encourage you and encourage me as we look at the Word of God together. That's what it's, it's living and active, Scripture says, and so there is life in it, and it will um, challenge us. It'll change us. And uh, so today, that's our prayer, is that the Word of God would change you, challenge you, challenge me. Let it start with me and start with Rachel. As we have looked at the Word of God, we read it before we come to the studio, read it again on the air, and then God breathes on it. And so we don't prepare a message. We just prepare our hearts and say, God, speak. And uh, so we're going to do that. This is uh, Mark chapter 8. I have the New American Standard Version of the Bible. What do you have over there, Rachel? I'm reading ESV, so English Standard Version. Right on. And there are 38 verses uh, here in Mark chapter 8. And uh, we will get it started. We'll break it after 19. I'll read the first of it. Would you get me started, Rachel? Yeah. I say unto you, read, sir. All right, let's go. <laughs> uh, in those days when when there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from a great distance. And his disciples answered them, where will anyone be able to find food or find bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people? And he was asking them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. 
And he directed the people to sit down on the ground, and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them, and started giving them to his disciples to serve to them, and they served them to the people. They also had a few small fish, and after he had blessed them, he ordered these to be served as well. And they ate and were satisfied, and they picked up seven large baskets full of what was left over of the broken pieces. And four thousand were there, and he sent them away. And immediately he entered the boat with his disciples and came to the district of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his, in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Leaving them, he again embarked and went away to the other side. And they had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders to them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? Have you, or do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, and how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, Seven. And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he'd spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent them to his home, saying, Do not even enter the village. And Jesus went on his way with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, "Do you people say, Who do you people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others say some one of the prophets. And he asked them, Who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling to the crowd and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come to me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man be also ashamed, and when he comes to the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Aw, man. Nice. So we have, um, I mean, there's a lot of red in my Bible. I see a lot of Jesus talking here, yeah. and uh, I can I can certainly value the uh, the idea that when Jesus speaks, I want to I want to pay attention. And I th- I think actually something that stuck out to me in this chapter was that he, Jesus gets a little frustrated with his disciples, and he's yeah. like, "Hey, listen up! Like like, don't you hear what I'm saying? Don't you see? Like maybe getting a little frustrated because he's spending some time with people that should be seeing. Maybe he feels a little bit of like." 
come on, like we've I, I've shown you this. I've I, you've seen this principle. I, this has worked before. Like, don't you get it? Yeah. Like, and maybe getting a little frustrated. And I could actually, you know, have some of those qualities in me where I'm like, come on, like, don't you see? Don't you get it? But I love that he doesn't stop with like the, you know, what's wrong with you? Like, don't you see? He actually just continues to plow ahead and go, let me show you. Let's yeah. talk about this again. Let me show you another way. Let me teach you another way. Let me let me say it a different way. And, you know, I, I have I have certainly, you know, Rachel being my oldest um, child, we have four. My wife and I have four children, Emily and I. And, uh, you know, there are things that we teach our kids that, like, they don't get the first time. And it's okay that, like, they still aren't getting. And it's not like we just go, you know, you loser, what's wrong with you? You can't just throw someone away and go, hey, you know what, we'll find someone else. Jesus didn't do that. He didn't, you know, he had the 12, and he wasn't, like, just throwing people away and going, well, I'll yeah. just replace you. I'll just I'll find a replacement for you or something. That's not the God that we serve. That's not the Jesus that, that we do life with and then have a relationship with. I love that he's gentle enough. Can it, is it okay that my God could get frustrated with me? Like I, I can't. I, I, if we were walking with Jesus, it would it would uh, it would be okay that somebody you could naturally go, hey, he's a little bit flustered here, a little bit frustrated with us. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He doesn't care for you, or he's not yeah. going to care for you. Not going to continue to teach and show you things. And so, uh, towards the end of the chapter, some things um, certainly stuck out to me that I, I think. I've actually spent a lot of time in my life from my early walk with Christ. I gave my life to the Lord back in 98, and it certainly changed the course of, of my life and my kids' lives and my marriage and my family and ministry and all the things. But something that was really powerful, one of my favorite verses, and maybe one of the things that I, uh, I maybe go back to regularly and just has really stuck with me for a lot of years is down here in verse 34 and 35. It says, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. And I just, I, I spent a lot of time in my early years as I was coming to Christ around, you know, athletics and, you know, sports and professional sports and all the things that way. And I, I just recognized the the value of this middle part of these three commands. If anyone wishes to come after me, deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And um, this idea that, you know what, I need to deny myself and take up my cross. You know, for me, as an athlete, it was very. I was very self-focused and centered on me and me and my statistics and how many hitters. I was a pitcher, so how many hitters could I get out and how many wins did I have and how many saves did I have and how many this did I have and how much was my scholarship and how much was what round am I going to get drafted in and how much am I going to sign for and think about me, 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 me. I'm sure that's never happened to you, Rachel. You never thought about you? Right. So we think about ourselves a lot, and Jesus' encouragement here is stop thinking about yourself, deny yourself, actually, take up your cross. Hey, there's purpose and a plan for your life. Let's pick that up, Mm -hmm. and let's see what God can do, because when we try to save our life and think about us, we're actually going to end up losing all that stuff, that that doesn't actually get anywhere, that that eternity is not how many wins and losses I had on a baseball field. It's not about how many saves I had or how many hitters I got out or how many strikeouts or walks or any of that sort of thing, or even how many, I don't know, how many dollars I have in my bank account, like how many many cars you own or how many bicycles you own. It might be on the other side of the planet where a bike is is just as valuable as having a car today. Like it's not about the things and the stuff and me. It's actually about the plan and the purpose of God. And you know what? I just want to follow him. And if I do that, we actually can win. And so yeah. I don't know. I don't know how what that speaks to you or maybe um, something else stuck out. What, what, what do you see in the chapter? What, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I, I agree. That is so, so powerful. I also, in um, verse 26, when he does this incredible mir- miracle of healing this blind man that people brought to him, and it was clearly someone that like they valued, and he heals him, and the last thing that he says is don't even enter the village. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just so – it's – 
he he's the god of the universe and he's sent down to this earth and he's he has every right to be prideful in the miracles <laughs> that he did and he's not and he just again and again just proves himself so humble and so faithful just to doing the work of Jesus and not again denying himself in order to just see the kingdom come and it just wow it's just so powerful yeah I think even in yesterday's show as we read through Mark chapter 7 we talked a little bit about that we talked a little bit about the idea that you know what there's not this hey look at me check me out like yeah. look at this thing that I did he actually was breaking the mold in the chapter before this he's breaking the mold of some of the the Pharisee or some of the you know traditions of you know of the law and traditions of the the religious folks of that day and I know that I can build some things up and I, I said this yesterday in the show that I could build some things up in my life that they become very religious and he was breaking that and in breaking that he's saying hey this is not about me this yeah. is not about natural Jesus walking the planet or yeah. Rachel or Brian or Nick or anyone I don't know your name out there today but it's not about you this whole thing really is not about us this is mm-hmm. about a kingdom that is different than this natural kingdom that we're walking through and I mean he he demonstrates this by again doing something radically you know different in the sense of healing how this guy got healed is different than we see in any other place in scripture yeah. this is one of those hey he gets healed and he's like well, do you see anything and he's like I, I see men that look like trees, and it wasn't yeah. all clear, and it wasn't all crisp, and it didn't happen immediately, like yeah. didn't see everything that we would have hoped. And then it goes on to go, hey, again, he laid his hands on him, and he looked intently and, and was restored and be, began to see everything. Scripture says he began to see everything clearly, and then that line, don't even go in the village. Don't enter. <laughs> yeah. Don't go tell anybody. Don't go. Don't point to me. It's yeah. not about me. It's about him. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that is the core of this take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me is, you know what? It's about his plan and his purpose for my life. And maybe today you're out there and you're like, man, I'm just so tired of my job. I'm so tired of my family. I'm tired of all the difficulties and all the chaos and all the confusion. And I just say to you, you know what? Just get a hold of God today. What is the plan and the purpose for your life today? And in Rachel's, Rachel's story is much different than my story today. I'm going to do a lot of this, a lot of this um, teaching and caring for people and ministering to people in one in one arena called this local church thing today. She's not going to do that today. She's not going to be centered on the local church today. She's going to be centered on doing other things for other people in other arenas. She's going to you know, go off and do some other things today that look like 17-year-old life. And 17-year-old life or 44-year-old life look different. But you know what? The purpose still remains. We're not about us. It's not about building my kingdom or your kingdom. Yeah. It's about building his kingdom. And so I love that. I love the idea that, you know what? Even in our walk and the king of the universe had every reason to go, look at me, look at me. Because he was a demonstration. He's the picture of the kingdom, right? And yet he said, no, 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 no. It's not about me. It's not about building me up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's so, like you were saying, untraditional of the the God of the universe and everyone that they they were expecting Jesus to come riding in on horses and chariots and defeating people. And instead he came and he was healing the sick and he was performing miracles and just leaving and dropping the mic right after he did so and not seeking his own glory because, it, again, it was just so untraditional and it's so cool that when you think of a God, you don't think of some gentle, non-prideful, humble person. And he just broke every barrier that way. And I think it's just, wow, it just impacts me so much to just think about that. 
Yeah, the idea that it wasn't about building an exterior kingdom and that there was this was all born out of the inside, right? And so many kingdoms, many uh, kings, many you know celebrities, we would call it in our day today, is built from the outside. It's like, yeah. look at an image, look at a picture, look at all of the things and all the stuff, and it's yeah. all about the image of the exterior. And Jesus was continuing to go, it's not about the exterior. We got to remember it's about the interior. And even giving this guy eyesight was not just for his natural, like for the sake of going, hey, you know what? I'm going to go live life through the natural means. This was a power gift. This was the gift of God for relationship with, and still to this day, healing is great for the for the natural. But this sounds crazy. But you could get healed and still go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> it's always healing is always for the purposes of His glory and for His kingdom for you to draw you into relationship with the King of the universe. It's not just to sustain your days so you could end up going to hell. Still, yeah. this is you could gain the whole world. And forfeit your soul. That's yeah. what it says in this chapter. You know what? If if we're just out there and going, you know what? I'm just going to get somebody healed so they can sustain another day. That is good as long as that is pointing them towards Jesus, right? Yeah. It's not just to get healed. It's actually to get healed and whole and total wholeness and total restoration. And that means body, soul, and spirit where restoration of your heart in relationship with the God of the universe. I love in verse 2, we see such a great picture of the king of kings, of him going, I feel compassion for the people. Mm. Who do you have compassion for today? Like, who do you need to look around and notice? He noticed that they were going to be hungry, that they've been following for a while. He had passion beyond himself. This wasn't about him getting fed. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've known Rachel long enough that sometimes she gets hungry (laughs) and she needs food. And what are we going to do? We're all going to die. I've even joked before, like, what are we going to do? We're going to die, right? Like, She's like, can we stop and get some food? Or you want to tell a story maybe along those lines? I mean, how does that work for you of like, we're, we're going somewhere. We're on a road trip. This oh, yeah. this is not long ago. We, we were on vacation a week and a half ago, right? Yep. And we're driving. We're out in the middle of nowhere. By the grace of God, we had the ability to go camping. We were we were out literally in the middle of nowhere. We're in northern Montana, right? Like, we were out there in no man's land. Like, yep. I couldn't name a city today. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we're hungry. We're yeah. driving. Yeah. What are we going to do? Got to find somewhere. We're going to die. Yeah. We're going to die. No, we're not. We're going to keep trucking. And you know what? There will be food, right? Yeah. And you know what? I could go, no, I'm not hungry. Suck it up. Suck it up. And Jesus could have done that. He could have yeah. been like, suck it up. My, because he says in another portion of scripture, my, my job is to do the will of him who sent me, right? Mm-hmm. That like, not food, is, food isn't the thing, right? <laughs> but he didn't do that. He said, hey, they're hungry. Let's take care of their natural needs. Why? To draw them deeper into relationship, that they could actually know that there was a provider for them, for their soul, and for their heart. And so I feel compassion for the people. I want to live that way. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like, they just say the people, but you know that there was the people that was there that's like, oh, Jesus, I'm hungry. Like, is is food provided? Like, there's 4,000 people there. And there's, it's not like every one of them is just sitting attently listening and just just there for it. Like they're hungry and hungry people are not always pleasant. I am not pleasant what? when I'm hungry. <laughs> surprise, I, surprise. But... I'm perfectly pleasant every time I'm hungry. Oh yeah, for always. sure. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Never yeah. Really. But like you you know that it wasn't like four thousand pleasant people just sitting like acting as if they weren't hungry. You know that there was people there and he still had compassion on them. Do you know how many times I babysit a lot and there's kids that come up to me, I'm hungry, Miss Rachel. It's not exactly in my heart to feed them when they start whining at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he still did it, and he's he was still faithful to have compassion on them when it 
was more than likely not easy at all. <laughs> no, it wasn't easy. It's was like, how many loaves do you have? Seven. Seven. <laughs> 4,000 people. We've got seven loaves here. That's a crisis. That's <laughs> yeah. a problem. And yeah. what would we do in that moment? We would go, this is a problem. And we'd probably start panicking a little bit, yeah, right? Absolutely. He went, no problem. Give them to me. Let's yeah. pray. Let's bless them and see where we go from there. And you know what happens? And there were a few fish too. That 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 bridged the gap, right? No, the supernatural power of God fed them, met every one of their needs. Yeah. It says in verse eight, and they ate and were satisfied. satisfied. That doesn't mean that they just had a crumb and it was like, oh, okay, uh, I'm good now. No, they were satisfied. If for me to get satisfied with food is not like a half a or a little bite of a loaf of bread, yeah. <laughs> or a little stanky fish or something, right? Like I, I've been in some places where I'm like, ooh, is that? what I got to eat. Like, that's what they gave me to eat. I, yeah. Could you imagine the complaining that would go on in the 4,000 if they would have just had some stank fish and a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of bread? Were they hungry? Yes. But were they desperate? It actually doesn't show their desperation here. It just says, hey, they had nothing to eat and he felt compassion. I'm not even sure how whiny and complaining they were about how hungry they were, yeah. but yet he wanted to bless them and satisfy them. And he did that with what somebody else offered. Somebody else had something to give. Yeah. And you might be out there today and you go, man, I don't know. What I got to give is really not a big deal. Like, for real, it's like nothing, right? Like, yeah. it's only like 42 cents. Or it might be $42,000 or whatever the number might be that doesn't seem like a lot to you. And that's all you have to give to Jesus to do something awesome with. And I've seen God do awesome with a roll of pennies before. I, I saw yeah. somebody come to and wanted to go to youth camp, and all they had to give was 50 cents, literally 50 pennies, a roll of pennies. Wow. And would this be enough? And you know what? Yes, because others make up the difference. Because yeah. God's able to do more when we're faithful to just go, hey, this is what I have to offer. And somebody here said, hey, here we go. Here's here's how many do you have? I got seven. Well, he said, sit down, let's do this. And yeah. you know what? Jesus is faithful to do that. He's going to have compassion to the extent of meeting their needs and helping them to be satisfied. we got a little bit more time before the break. Anything else you want to you jump on there? Um, well, this you kind of already said this, but going back to um, <laughs> going back to verse sixteen when it's talking about them like complaining that they had no bread left on the boat, and he was like, "Did you not just see me? Yeah. Like, did you not just see me?" And it's so easy to get trapped inside of that. Like, okay, well, we have no food now. Yeah, sure, he did it a little bit ago, but like, I don't see food in front of me now. Yeah. No, nope, he just gave food to 4,000 people. Like He can do it again, I promise. It's, We're so forgetful of yeah. the goodness of God, and that's yeah. that's really a sad thing. I, I've shared this publicly before um, many times, but I hate this. Like, And I know hate's a strong word, but I hate that I forget what God did yesterday yeah. or a month ago or 10 years ago. The breakthroughs of a year ago or 10 years ago or five months ago or five minutes ago, we are so quick to forget because the next crisis or the next chaos yeah. or the next thing feels like the biggest fire we've ever seen. What are we going to do? We're all going to die. Yeah. But yet he raised the dead over here <laughs> or he healed the sick over here yeah. or he met every one of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus financially before. And we got a financial situation. What do we do? We panic or we go, he's been faithful. He'll do it again. Yeah, what he did absolutely. once before, he'll do again. And I think that's what he's trying to go. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's going, hold, hold up, hold yeah. up. We just got done. We just got done doing this, right? Yeah. And then he uses actually the bread idea to talk to him about some other things in their lives. And I, I just, I love that too. I love as a communicator, I love the ability for him to just kind of pivot with a, with a story that way. We're going to take a break and we'll come right back. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors.
At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. All right, just uh, coming back from the break here, I uh, I want to give you one more chance, Rach. Tell us uh, tell us what else. What else stuck out there? Yeah, uh, in verse 33, he's talking to Peter, and he says it kind of, It seems like aggressive, but it's, it's so powerful still. He says, get behind me, Satan, for you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And it's just... 
again, it's like it's another heart check of what we were just talking about. Like, oh, like, well, yeah, that miracle happened back there. But like what's happening right now, that's more important. Like, God, can you do this now? Can you do it now? And he's saying you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. He's saying you need to set your mind on the things of God because it's so, so easy to get trapped inside of that. Oh, well, this is happening in front of me right now. And we just patience is not something that comes easy to, I think, anyone, especially me. I have very little patience and it's hard to wait on God because God, God doesn't have a concept of time. We have a concept of time and we end up waiting on him a lot and it can be really, really hard. But he's saying setting your, set your mind on the things of God, not on the things of man, because the things of man is everything that surrounds us. And it can be really, really hard to be able to say, no, God, like I, I know you're going to come through in this moment. Yeah. It's uh, no. It's, it's a challenging thing in our culture to go, let's just be still, know that he's God. Yeah. And that's what he's saying here. He, or that's what he's saying here is get behind me. That is not God. Let's talk about God's interest. Let's not talk about man's interest. God, what do you want to do in these moments? What do you want to do here? And I think if we could just ask that question today, God, what do you want to do in me and through me? What are the, what, how, how could I follow you? I want, to, I want to follow you. You're an incredible leader. I want to follow you into your plan and purpose for my life. How do I get there from here? And just hear from heaven. Hear the voice of God. Be led by the peace of God. Be led by the spirit of God today. And let's go do it. And let's go see what God's capable of doing through us today. It is miraculous what he can do. Yeah. Thanks, Rach. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Thank Nick. You. We'll uh, we'll see you all soon out there. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breast podcast.